Welcome to the Most True You podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Irene. Michelle Renee is a certified tarot master, a neurodynamic wellness coach, and an ordained minister. So I think you can see why I was so interested in interviewing Michelle for the Most True You podcast. Michelle Renee began her career as a dance coach and a choreographer early in her teens. Her love and desire for seeing people transform and thrive with empowered movement inspired a quest in finding other modalities that could assist healing on greater levels of the human experience. As a former NBA dancer for the Sacramento Kings and Los Angeles Lakers, she embarked on creating a deeper connection to the inner music of self to define personal well-being. Michelle Renee received ordination in theology in 1990 and went on to develop her knowledge in metaphysics. Reverend Michelle Renee is a certified tarot master. She's the author of Seven Days to Blissful Abundance, tarot certification course, and owns and operates a wellness community called Clearly Magical. So much to explore here, and we were able to dig into a lot of it in this conversation. One thing that really interested me was how her start or her ordination in theology really helped kickstart her journey into metaphysics. So that's not one that everybody connects, but she sure did. And I am looking forward to sharing this conversation with all of you. It is my pleasure to welcome Michelle Renee to the Most True You podcast. So I'm excited to um, personally to get to know you a little bit more today and find out more about what you're doing. Since we connected last week, I've just been really floored by everything that you're doing in your business, um, in your Facebook group. You're just doing a lot. And so I'm excited to hear a little bit about your process and how you came to live as your most true self. So that's where I want to start is um, to find out what does that mean for you? What does it mean for you to live as the most true you? Thank you. That That is a loaded question, I think, for anybody to receive that and then to yeah. give, right, give it just a do because there are so many different um, points in our life that we transform. And so therefore we'll be at um, a particular truth or reality. And we say, this is my best self, or this is my true self. Mm -hmm. This is my authentic being. And then all of a sudden uh, an experience will happen and it causes that person to have to shift again. And then they become their authentic being. And so what I will say is in this space that I am in right now, I'm a mother of four adult um, persons, beautiful persons, uh, two young men and two young ladies. And then I, and I also have grandchildren and my being where I am now is being okay with who I was striving to be then, but may not have been able to do that as, as, um, effectively and then being honest about that. So that would be um, recognizing an authentic person for the just being in a human experience that you can only do as good as the environment that taught you and then the one that you aspire to. And so that that's what it is for me right in this space is being as authentic as possible, 
being very truthful and learning my own boundaries. That's beautiful. And I love what you said at the very beginning of that, just that recognition that kind of living as your most true self is not something that's a one and done, right? That's always changing, always evolving and being as authentic as possible. That's pretty beautiful. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. So you have a really interesting background and I would like to kind of focus today on what you have done specifically with tarot, but I want to back up and talk a little bit about how you received your ordination back in 1990 and then what that process was like for you um, through the ordination and then how you found tarot and then, you know, just kind of allowing that, both of those things to be part of who you are. Thank you. Well, let me tell you, the, the ordination looks different than the tarot, tarot world. So because tarot is metaphysical, tarot is very spiritual. It is esoteric. It's, and I say esoteric in the way that we say is the secret. You know, it's the secrecy. It's the the hidden knowledge. And my ordination came through Christianity, mm-hmm. and that was um, based on uh, support in a community of people that wanted to teach the Bible as thoroughly as possible. And it was also through that process, through that ordination that I became less judgmental. Whereas I, I seen my counterparts in the community become more judgmental. It was either you are going to follow this or you're not going to go to heaven or whatever. As I began to study um, coming from uh, uh, a Catholic background and then going, leaving Catholicism into now what some would call a, a Christian um, background, mm-hmm. I couldn't rectify that this supposed God that I was representing as I'm teaching the Bible would judge someone because they didn't have a name that designated who they were. And so part of my choosing to be ordained was to give credit to the fact that I was now allowing myself to think more in a higher aspect of what divinity is, not what man's uh, thought of what divinity is. And we could think about all those different um what I, what I would call um, solid doctrinal facts. You know, you have to do mm-hmm. this, you have to do that, and you've got to do it this way and go with this this group of people in order to be, um, uh, you know, pardoned by God or graced by God or blessed by God. And that ordination was for me to say, I'm I'm powerful because I know that there's divinity in everything. Now, that doesn't mean I have to accept this person next to me who's in the same organization, their version of what God is, because I'm an extension of whatever that is. So I'm supposed to be thinking whatever I'm thinking. And so therefore, that was part of that process. The more regimented and more controlled that that community was and still is, um, I realized that I needed to 
really move forward in what that divinity looked like for me. And mm-hmm. so then that's where it expanded into um, uh, esoteric knowledge, discerning what it meant for um, to be able to to have a relationship with, let's just say, your uh, deceased relative. Because in in my thought in mind, there's no way I'm supposed to just forget uh, my mother or my grandmother yeah. or anybody like that. And and if I was having a problem, I guess I would say, "Well, mommy, can you please help me?" You know. And so um, at that point, that's where uh, Tarot came in. But I'm going to tell you that. I didn't accept tarot like how people are like, oh my gosh, I love tarot. Oh, I love those cards. <laughs> that was so pretty. I just got, oh my gosh. No, it was not like that for me. I I, <laughs> I had a, a, a family member uh, of my um, a former husband who uh, she and I would speak uh, regularly. And uh, in this process, she would ask me a couple of questions. We'd be sitting under this big tree in her backyard and I would read the environment, not even saying, Oh, I'm going to read the environment. I could just look at something and say, Oh, this is what I noticed, blah, blah, blah. And she says, go, go get my little red bag in my, in my, my uh, room. And I get it. And she says, open it up. And I open it and there's these cards. And I literally threw the cards back at her, the whole thing. Like oh her gosh. lap across the table. And that's how afraid I was of them, you know. And so she's like, oh, she's, what are you doing? And I said, ah, oh, no, I'm not messing with that stuff. That's that's the devil right there. I don't even know why you can fuck out to me, you know. And she says, you are silly. She goes, you're doing it already. No, I'm not. And she goes, yes, you are. You're reading like you're reading these cards, but you've learned how to read the environment. She goes, that's, you, that's a strong intuition. Apparently, you have forgotten who you are. And she says, take these home. And it took me about six weeks to even open the, unzip the little bag and begin reading them. And um, from that point, uh, we read them one one card a day. And she did truly a year and a day with me. Wow. Yeah. And that's how I began uh, learning the cards. And and I learned the power of the cards of people, you know, people are wondering about those. Are they really powerful? Are they magical? Well, there is, there is whatever energy you put into them, obviously, but they mm-hmm. can reveal a lot of things about a person's personality uh, based on the psychology of them and uh, also energy, yeah. you know? And so um, one day I, she called me and she said, did you do your card reading? And I said, yes. And she says, and what's the problem? And that's how she said it. And what's the problem? I said, well, three days in a row, I keep pulling the same card. And she said, what are, you, what, are you, what are you asking? And I, it was about my love life at that time, you know. And she says, oh. She goes, go get that red bag. And I got it. And she says, put the cards in the bag. And I said, okay. And she says, now go put them under your bed. And I said, uh, okay, I'm thinking we're going to do some magic trick with them, right? And so <laughs> I said, okay, they're under the bed. And she goes, good. Leave them there for three or four weeks or until I tell you to take them because obviously you don't understand the power of the cards. You keep pulling a card and you're going to create yourself another story that you're not prepared to deal with. And that was when I realized that we could create with the card images as much as we could receive information about what our story is. And that's where I began to really dig deep into how do I help heal myself, my pain, my sadness, 
um, mm-hmm. the trauma that I've been through with the use of those images and change my story again with the use of those images. Wow. Yes. So talk a little bit more about that, because I think when a lot of people think of tarot cards, they think of fortune tellers or future tellers, right? Like they think, oh, I'm going to go to somebody and they're going to tell me what my future holds. And what you're talking about is pretty different. So I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit more. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, one of one of the things that I began to discern is uh, through neurodynamic experience and expression. And this happens uh, in the, I will say, the technical part of our brain where we can see something and then our brain has this neural network that now wants to design the memory pattern for it across the synapses um, uh, uh, cell um, structure of the brain. And what I began realizing that is if I looked upon those cards, then I could create a story. And if I could tell myself that story, that very thing could come true. And so eventually I began teaching Tarot back in 2012 is when I started teaching Tarot. And I realized that this wasn't so much about someone telling the future and that the future is coming true. It's, that the person is hearing that that is what the future is. And that brain of the person now creates the synapsis um, triggers a network to form a story that it agrees upon based on all of its knowings and, and what it's received. And then all of a sudden it comes true. And And I watched that over and over again. So with my students, I encourage them, do not tell the future. You are not, that's not your, your calling to, to now tell that person their future. However, you can say to them, this is how the energy is running. And if Mm -hmm. you continue to move in this way, this is the eventuality, or this can be an eventuality. Every person has within them the power to change. So no story future has to be um, um, experienced. Mm -hmm. But most people go to tarot readers or tarot readers to find out their future and they surrender and accept. And so therefore it appears there's a lot of this is going to happen in your future. And in the work that I do, um, I, we, we, myself and the client, we look at that card, past tense. This is what's happening. Let's let's just verify that this is happening in your, this, you know, whether it was two hours ago or two years ago. Let's just agree upon that. That gets validated. Let's look at what's happening energetically in the present. That gets validated. Ah, okay. So it's not a guessing game on my end. I'm reading the card. And then that person tells me, oh my gosh, to a T, this is what's happening. And you explained it in that card. Well, that's just energy that's coming. And I can see that it's lighting up in my brain. It's lighting up in their brain. So energetically, that's what I can see. Now, will I say, now let's see what's in the future. I don't say that. I let the person know, I'm not going to tell you what's in your future because you have the power to change it. What I can say is that this is the way the energy is running. So if you continue in this way, this card is showing me how it can manifest. 
Mm-hmm. Now, are you choosing to accept that manifestation? Because that's a forward movement experience. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the difference in what I'm doing with my my um, clients. And then at that point, um, I pull a, a fourth card to say, what is the foundation and where's their blockage? What is blocking them from making the making um, successful moves or, or getting the results that they want? Mm-hmm. And and that's how I move forward. Yes. Wow. That sounds just really powerful for your clients too, because it's giving them the opportunity to see what's happening from a little bit of a higher up perspective, right? Like there just seems like the view is pretty different when you're looking at it through the cards and then also having the opportunity to see what's blocked so that they can know what, you know, what needs to be addressed if they don't want to go the direction that their energy is going. Absolutely. Yeah. So in terms of people using the cards for personal use, do you have ways that you specifically like to recommend for that or do you typically like to say, really, you should have somebody else reading your cards for you rather than reading your own? <laughs> I think that's a great question. And and the reason why is because uh, early on when people would come to me, they'd come to me two, three, four times. And mm. so, and I would get so, uh, you know, perplexed. Like, why are you coming? Again, right? <laughs> so it, it got to the point that, you know, now I have regulars, right? I say to them, okay, so now if you come back to me again, you've got to take a class. And they're like, what? No, I just want you to read my card. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not doing that. Is it because what it is is that you're defaulting to give me permission to be an intuitive and you are now shutting down your intuitive muscle. And I said, I need yes. you to stay there. I need you to be in your in your your power. So if you, a question comes up again and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to go to Michelle, then just say, come to me and say, okay, so when's your next class? Right. And so I, yeah. that's how I ended up start, you know, I started teaching because I had all these students that were like, okay, mama, when um when's your next class? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um and and so that's the long part of that that question i feel that yeah. people really do need to learn how to read for themselves and there's the great tutorials or the different books like um, tarot made easy that's a that's a great book to keep on your your shelf mm. and a lot of people will think that they turn the page and it's cookie cutter. Oh, this is what it says. And so this is what's happening to me. That's not true. Those, those indicators and direction are only um, guidance and markers so that you understand what they represent psychologically, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. That's it. And then, um, you know, it's almost like a translation game and that's it. Yeah. So, you know, if a person is really interested in tarot and using it in their life, the best thing to do is to have their own deck, pull a card and let the energy show how it revealed itself in the card for that day. And then yeah. you use your your tarot book. You can match it up with a different um, levels of discernment through those word descriptions of what it could be. So and that's a lot of fun. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back for a minute. Um, when you were talking about 
how when people are coming to you over and over again, they're asking you to become the intuitive and they're giving up their intuitive power. And I think that's really important because I really see that we a lot of times have a need for both, right? We need people to help us strengthen our own intuitive muscles. And then um, we also need, so I'm going to back up just a little bit. I have somebody who I work directly with for um, EFT tapping and a few other things. Her name is Ruthie. And when we were talking last week, she said, really, my job as a healer is to mirror to you what's already inside. And I think sometimes we need that other person to be able to, you know, whether it's ask the questions or repeat back to us what it is they're hearing us say, um, you know, whatever that is, we need that person to mirror back to us what's already there. And so I love this kind of push and pull of pushing people to strengthen their intuitive muscles giving them those tools, showing them how to use them, but then also being there when they do need that mirror, when they do need that person to kind of reflect back what they're seeing. Absolutely. I I agree. And, and that's why I got into the healing aspect, aspect of it. To uh-huh. The tarot is more or less like um, going to the doctor to say, okay, what's, what, what, what is it? And then the doctor says, Oh, this is what I can see, right? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to go one step further. Like if if okay. you're going to go to the doctor, then now you want him to write a prescription. You want him to figure out what the antidote is so that you can be well. And or her, you want to go to the doctor, you want her, uh, them, they uh, to do to tell you this is what it is. And now I'm going to give you a prescription. This is the anecdote and take this for so many days, etc. And you'll feel better, right? That's what I wanted to road to be. I knew that there, that it was two sided. It wasn't just one sided. And that's when I began getting into the neurodynamic um, aspect of it. If I could see what the blockage is, then how do we undo the triggers and trauma and the emotional, mental, um, even spiritual pain that we feel in the physical body. And so therefore I began to marry that, um, the intuitive aspect of Tarot of being able to see and helping my, um, the person across from me to see what's going on. So there's clarity. And then now let's go ahead and get the prescription. And here's the anecdote. And we're going to go ahead and clear that blockage. We're going to clear the issue as to even why you keep coming to get a tarot reading, um, why you keep having the same uh, issues with a boyfriend um, or a husband or with your children, why you might feel you've always, uh, you're always in a dead end job, why you, um, why you struggle in a health area, why is this continuing to happen? Why am I looping? Well, there is a neurodynamic answer to that. And the, the tarot card shows me exactly what that is energetically for that person. I love that. Um, I'm like, I just want to sit with that for a minute, but I'm going to keep the conversation going. <laughs> because, it, well, and really that's been my experience with it too. And so I love hearing that that's the way that, you have been using Tro for all of these years is very intuitively. And that's just, to me, that's so powerful to be able to 
you know, whether it's tarot or for me, I use Oracle cards quite a bit as well, but it's the same kind of process where I'm able to, whether it's for me or somebody I'm reading for to say, you know, here is that energy blockage. Here is that thing that you probably have known for a long time needed to get some attention paid to it, but you haven't wanted to. And this is saying like, now's a safe time. Now's a good time to do that. And, you know, we have all of this knowledge, all of this wisdom, all of this intuition within us that we're so hesitant to tap into. And yet when we do, it's incredibly powerful. Yes. I, I, I enjoy the, the aspect of that Tarot gives in being able to see everything, even as an Oracle. Uh, mm. Other people have asked, well, are Oracles and Tarot cards different? Well, the way that they may function in, in their message may be different because Tarot is specific to the four elements, earth, fire, air, water. Yeah. Um, it's very specific to um, a representation and um, even the psychological aspect of that per- of that personality. Well, mm-hmm. Oracle offers guidance, heart-based. And so as it's, as it's being revealed or opened up, it has images, but the message on the card itself is a heart-based message. Yeah. And so when someone says, well, can you read the Oracle like the Tarot? Absolutely. Because eventually you, the skilled Tarot reader can look at an environment, see the whole environment. You know, they could be just driving down the street and see a scene and then say, oh my gosh, there's Tarot. That same person can look at that same scene and it'd be an Oracle and a heart-based message comes out of it. And so, and that's the whole point is being able to tap in regardless of, of whether it is Tarot or the Oracle to get to the heart of the matter, to assist Mm -hmm. the person to be able to get to the next level. That's a beautiful way to talk about the difference. I will be quoting you on that. (laughs) Thank you. I love Mm -hmm. it. Let's talk a little bit about community, uh, because when you were talking about your ordination, you talked a little bit about the learning that took place within the community, but then also the community kind of being the catalyst for you to explore outside of it. Um, So I'd love to explore just a little bit what community is kind of looking like for you now and talk a little bit about the community that you are building within your Facebook group. Oh, thank you. In, in, community can be very helpful. <laughs> Look at I'm stumbling mm-hmm. over those words. Helpful and healing, the double H, right? It could it could it can offer that. And yet at the same time it can be a hindrance and feel like hell. The double H is right there. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> right. So um, it depends on the the boundaries that are provided, mm-hmm. the education that is allowed or supported, and then the interaction. And so when I was with my community prior in, in the organization, as I first got my ordination, that that was a community that was that functioned like family. Mm-hmm. However, it was only in one doctrine 
which uh, which created a limitation and blockage because then it al- didn't allow for um, expression or, or mm-hmm. self-discovery, right? Um, however, the, the boundaries that were put there are safeguards. So there's never any um, wrongness in boundaries unless the boundaries um, clearly um, hinder a person's livelihood to be able to thrive or their safety. And so in that particular organization, I realized that there was a, there were boundaries, but may not have related personally for even safety. So therefore I had to move on Mm. in creating the community that I have right now. There's got to be, as I think, a place where there is safety spiritually first, safety emotionally. Mm. That is our tangible moment. And uh, safety uh, physically. You've got to know that you're safe in an environment, that you're not going to be attacked for um, making a statement or or not uh, feeling the same way. And so as I began to create the the community that I have now, which is called Clearly Magical, Practical Solutions for the Intuitive Impact. That, that community isn't about it being a thousand, 10,000, 50,000 people deep, where there's a lot of communities mm-hmm. try to do that, you know. Um, this is about making sure that the nucleus has a place where they can learn and express themselves, feel okay to... Uh, give an opinion, and also recognize that there are boundaries. And so the boundaries that I put in this particular group is that everybody has to interact. Yes. Yeah, that is, that's key. (laughs) And I love that because that's really what's going to make it so special. It's not going to be, you know, a 10, 20, 30,000 person community necessarily because, and maybe it will be because I think there's a lot of people who want that type of interaction, but having that be one of the very first things that you see when you sign up for this group and then actually, you know, having that expectation being applied, uh, it's, I see how it's already making that a really special place to be on a platform that has not been helpful for a long time for quite a few people. Right. I I agree with you. And, um, you know, some people may think, oh, my gosh, she's such a stickler about that. And I'm going to say, yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I accept that. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I really do. And, and I'm, I will say even still, I, I'm, I don't want to use the word lenient, but very um, forgiving in that way, because I realize that we all have busy lives. And so therefore, I honor that. I honor that your life might be so busy right now that you're not able to um, interact as much. So just come back at a better time, you know? And so there's, and it's, it's, that's the way it should be. I think that's, I shouldn't use should, but I did twice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will say, however, it can be that it can feel great so that there's, there's not this dejected feeling like, oh my gosh, I haven't been there in a long time. I haven't said anything. And so if I share something, I might look like this. You see, that happens too on the other side Um, where a person's like, I can't really say anything because I haven't said anything in this group and, or I can't offer my opinion because 
people are going to wonder where did she come from or where did he come from, you know? So then this affords that, that love experience where you can just let it go and then come back when you need to, or when, and when timing is right. However, this type of group allowing, especially in the esoteric world, um, it allows freedom to be able to say, I believe in this Christ consciousness as much as the person says, well, I believe in the goddess Isis. And, mm. <laughs> and there is a merging of thought that still is connected, which yeah. is, which is thriving. And there's, something to be learned from that. And, and, and I love it. And also I wanted to say this group has um, both Southern and uh, Northern hemisphere members in the group. Right. And so it's wonderful when I say, well, today, April 30th through May 2nd is Samhain or happy Halloween in the Southern (laughs) hemisphere and Northern we're waiting till October. Right. Right. So it's kind of fun that if you wanted to participate with, with that, um, those different hemispheres that you could actually essentially have fun celebrating twice a year. Uh, different events so yeah so it makes it a lot of fun and it's a growing community however it's done so very uh, conscientiously yeah and it's a it is a really incredible community and so for those who are listening and maybe are not checking show notes it's clearly magical uh, but it's magical with a k so clearly and then magical m-a-g-i-c-k-a-l and the, um, the rest of it, Michelle, it's practical solutions for the spiritual empath. Is that right? Practical solutions for the intuitive empath. You got it. Intuitive though. empath. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Love it. Thank Love it. You. Yeah. I've been in that group for a couple of days now and have had some really great interactions both with Michelle and some other folks. So uh, for someone who's looking for a safe place to land and to explore, definitely recommend it. Absolutely. I, 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 Thank you for allowing me to be able to express this wonderful journey that I'm discovering myself. And I will tell you that I had to remove my own blocks around value. Mm. I didn't think I was important. And this was discovered through remembering a very short and minute memory. It was done with my cards. And what's even more interesting, it had nothing to do with value. But my brain converted that event into a feeling that felt empty. So clearing that little thing, it resulted in a shift, a huge energy band that literally was the key to my success. And that right there is how I began helping my clients. So this is, um, it's not just about the cards. There's literally a neurodynamic exercise that happens uh, that clears that person of a negative trigger in their body where they can feel it literally within five to six minutes of our, our starting the session. It is that empowering. And, and I'm really wow. glad probably just um, a little over uh, 500 uh, clients that I've been able to successfully support uh, since. And so if somebody is interested in connecting with you on that, where do they find you? They can definitely find me at my website, michela Renee. Dot com. I'll, I'll go ahead and spell that M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A and then the little hyphen dash Renee, R-E-N-A dot com. And you can also find me on Facebook with the same name, 
Michelle Renee, and the Facebook group, Clearly Magical, Practical Solutions for the Intuitive Empath. Beautiful. And all of that will be in the show notes for those who want to go back and look after. Uh, Michelle Renee, thank you for being on the Most True You podcast. Really appreciate everything that you've shared with us. Thank you. And it has been a pleasure. Thank you so very much, Kelly. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. You have so many options to choose from, and I love that you chose the Most True You podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing and reviewing the podcast, particularly via iTunes. You can find out more information about our guests in the show notes, and you can find out more information about me on my website at ikellyirene.com and more information about the podcast at Most True youpodcast.com. Until next week, many blessings, my friends.